0: You're listening to the Southampton Delivery P- P- Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. You just got to go, go out and, and express yourself. You just
1: got to get, get the job done. I'm here to, to get the job done. I
0: got
2: it's field to Mane, 25
1: yards out. Lovely ball for
0: Pella. Onside. 1-0. Blue foul shot. Oh, my word. unbelievable. He ran around a bit, but that on ice. It would be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. On last week's show, we talked with Tash Angel of the Southampton Women's Football Club to talk about their season. And before that, we spoke with Christopher Lash of Right Bake Warsaw about Jan Bednarak and the Poland squad going to the World Cup. But it wouldn't be complete in the build-up to the World Cup if we didn't talk about the other representatives Saints had going to Russia this summer. So this week, we spoke with George and Harry from the State Center to get their rundown of Cedric and Tadic as to what we can expect from their teams and them personally going into the World Cup. And then we talked with Jamie Grant, who runs the Southampton page on Twitter And Instagram, and got his take on Yoshida. And granted, uh, some of these guys are not major players in their team. It's difficult to talk about uh, defenders and kind of what to expect other than kind of keeping it tight. But uh, we felt that they deserve some attention. Uh, We don't break down the entire squad, we kind of just go through uh, what we can expect from our players, what we want from our players, uh, what we expect from the squad in terms of how far they expect to progress and things like that. And then we kind of move on. So this episode, a little bit shorter, uh, but we wanted to give some World Cup coverage ahead of the actual tournament beginning so uh, we won't take any more time here so let's jump into the first interview we'll start with jamie who talks about Yoshida and the rest of the japanese squad all right so i am here now with jamie grant who runs the southampton page uh, on twitter instagram and facebook and we're here to take a look at Yoshida and japan and uh, kind of their outlook and their prospects for the World Cup. So, Jamie, uh, we are we are partners in this, and, and thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and talking about Yoshida. Uh, yeah,
3: no, it's, yeah, it's always great to uh, be partners, and yeah, it's a pleasure to be on.
0: And I should say we're partners in terms of the podcast. Um,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, just for any uh, avoidance of doubt, there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so, so let's, let's take a look. I mean, we, we, we touched on Yoshida briefly when I talked with Christopher Lash, uh, a, a few weeks ago, uh, when we kind of delved into, uh, into, into Poland and stuff like that. And they're in a group together. Um, and, and I was kind of thinking about this beforehand, you know, maybe it says something that we're, we're sending, you know, defenders to the world cup and not, and not really anybody else. I mean, Tadish is our only attacking player, uh, going, but, um, you know, Japan is in, is in a, a semi-tough group with, with Colombia, I guess, being the favorites, followed by Poland. But I, I think they're by far the the worst team in the group. Um, but they could maybe cause some people some trouble if they can stay kind of organized. But um, I guess looking at, at this for Yoshida, he's going to be... Do, do you expect him to start in, in the squad? And, and kind of how do you think he's going to, to perform? And what do you think he's going to do during this time?
3: Well, I mean, you see what Yoshida's like when he comes in for us at Southampton. I'd say you'd be... Um a starter for them. I mean, he his experience, I mean, over the years, has been a mentioned Japan, and obviously, I don't watch Japan often, but when he does play for them, he does seem quite, I think he was, I don't know, I might be wrong, he was their captain a few years ago, so I'm not sure if he still is now, I mean, I could be wrong on that one, but when he was the captain, he had that real presence in defence, so yeah, I definitely would like to think he would be a starter for them.
0: Yeah, so I, he, he will be in there and, and they were, you know, um, from things that I've read, they, people were mostly complimentary on the, the central defensive kind of partnership. He's going to be uh, kind of the guy with a little bit of pace, even though he's, he's maybe starting to lose that as he gets a little bit older. Um, but, uh, the, the his, his center back partner is going to be the kind of the more physical one, which obviously we miss at, at Southampton. Um, but He should be, he should be in there almost every, almost every match. And and like you said, he did captain the side, but I think that's when their, their kind of normal captain was, was out. But, um, he, you know, watching him kind of, uh, watching his Instagram, all that stuff, he seems to have a really good relationship with a lot of guys on the team. They seem to get along really well. Um, even though there is some upheaval with their, their coach and things like that, uh, they have recently changed over and some other things like that. But, um, I don't know, do you see, I mean, do you see any way that you, he, they maybe get out of this group or do you think that they're they're going to go out and just try to be kind of compact and organized and, and hopefully hit some teams on the counter and, and maybe nick a point or two? Uh, but what what do you think is there for, in terms of prospects for them getting out of the group? What do you think?
3: Um, well, I think probably Japan's uh, like objectives at the start would probably be just to get out of the group. I mean, I remember obviously I don't like to go back, but I think Costa Rica was in the, a group of England a few years back and they were tipped not to even get out the group. And obviously Costa Rica, I said oh, I might be wrong here again, so you can correct me, but I think they topped the group Costa Rica, I think. And obviously they got out the group as well. So Japan, I mean, people will write Japan off and like I say, because their group does sound tough from what you're saying. Um, but if they could somehow nick, nick a few results and get out the group, I mean, I think that would be a big enough a team for them. As I'm sure, if you ask them, someone would say they'd like to go further than that. But I think them just getting out the group for Japan would be quite a good thing, considering their group and how tough it's going to be for them.
0: I mean, yeah, they're coming up against the best, you know, striker probably in, in or arguably the best striker in the entire competition, the best kind of number nine in, in, in Lewandowski. Um, on, on the Polish squad and the Polish squad has plenty of other issues as well. Colombia is going to be tough. Uh, you know, he's going to be potentially coming up against uh, you know, uh, a, a guy we were linked to uh, over, over the past week. So, you know, there's a chance that he could come up against two teammates uh, in, in his time there, but we will have to just kind of wait and, and see if that is the case. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I think they're going to struggle to get out of the group, like you said, but I don't think they I don't think they can, I don't think they're going to be able to muster kind of enough points. I think, you know, you look at at Sadio Mane and, and the attacking talent that, that's that Senegal has uh, you look at uh, kind of all of the talent that Colombia has in Colombia, If they can just, if they can just put it all together, they will, you know, they would, they would expect to progress. Um, and, and kind of, I guess the more uh, not important thing, but, but, you know, going out of this group, progressing from this group means that you would come up against potentially England, either in, in the first kind of knockout round or the, or the following round. So, um, there is some some things there, and I think if England managed to get to to a knockout round against Japan, I think they would they would favor their chances, and uh, I think that would be a, a favorable matchup for anybody. But I think you know if I have to be completely honest, I would say that it's probably going to be Colombia and then Poland coming out of the group, um, you know, and and Japan you know, likely coming coming in you know at the bottom. But you know, for Yoshida's sake, I hope not because you want his confidence to be up when he comes back, um, but. but but yeah, and, and and I don't know. He seems to always have a, a decent time when he plays f- for Japan, even if they aren't, uh, you know, doing all all of the all of the best, I, I guess, in, in the international realm. Yeah, I agree. Um. So, so, like, I don't know. What What would you expect from from Yoshida personally uh, at the tournament? Do you? Yeah, What are you hoping for, I guess, in terms of when he comes back from the squad? What do you want him to kind of come back to Southampton with? I mean, obviously, like, number one for me is, like, one, stay healthy. But, like, you know, what, uh, I, guess, I guess if there's anything he can pick up from this tournament, what what would you hope it would be?
3: Um. Well, I just, I mean, obviously I think you nailed it with the stay healthy. I mean, from a Saints point of view, you would like to say the quicker they get back, the better, obviously. So everyone can be ready for season, But yeah I think just for Yoshida, I mean a good tournament um like I said, if they could get out the group, that would be brilliant for him um I said but yeah, I think he'd probably nailed it with the staying healthy, stay healthy, have a good tournament, come back proud even if it didn't go as well as they wanted, and yeah, and then hopefully no injuries for him. Because I said we don't like i said all the, i mean that goes for all the players that are uh, out of the World Cup, don't want any of them injured, want them all to come back quite healthy. So yeah, so I'd say your point of them being healthy would probably be the main one for me.
0: And, and I guess the only other thing I would hope for is that, you know, this season, we, we lacked kind of leadership across that back line. So if, if he does get given the captain's armband once or twice, or if he can kind of uh just gain some some leadership experience uh, over these over these, you know, potentially three, maybe possibly more games, uh, that he just has that and can bring that back and can just take have some confidence coming back so that uh we can be slightly more organized at the back. We can be uh slightly kind of more ready to uh to kind of, you know, march through the Premier League season. Um because I don't know, I, I think with him and but and, and Benarak kind of being there, I think that, that, that has the potential to be to to kind of increase uh, the likelihood that they will uh, kind of sure up things defensively, even though I'm not sure that you is going to be getting a start for us uh, when, when he's back. So uh, it'll be, you just have to kind of wait and see, but uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't adopt the uh, Stuart Taylor role uh, amongst our defenders, which, you know, he's still, he's still playing quite frequently. So that I guess he, he's not doing that yet, but uh, we will see Um, that, that being said, anything saints related saints wise that, uh, I mean, there's tons of rumors and we were talking off, uh, air that I despise this time of year because it's just constantly a rumor 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 every day uh, but but anything that kind of stuck out to you anything that you thought w- was worth a mention before we uh, before we uh, move on to uh, the other teams that are represented or the other players that are representing Southampton at, at the World Cup
3: Um, I mean the, the, the Colombian guy you mentioned previous I, I, obviously I as I uh, put out on a tweet, I, I'm not like I'm not really aware of him, so I didn't want to pretend I knew who he was. Obviously, I know he's he's got. I mean, brilliant teammates. He plays with James Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Ram, uh, Falcao. I uh, said so he's got. I mean, the team he played. Like I said, I think someone showed me a lineup of what who he played alongside, and and I've seen a few people commenting on Twitter saying he's a he is a good player, but obviously, like I said it's one of them where but. The comments people are saying he's a central midfielder by the looks of it, so that would tell me if we are interested in him, does that mean someone's leaving? I mean, I would say we're pretty stacked in the center mid position. I mean, we've got War Prowse, um, we got obviously we've got Romeo Lamina, and I mean, Lamina's been linked with a move, so Obviously, I hope he doesn't leave, but is that because is that why he's linked because Lamina might be leaving, so they need someone to replace him but then I've heard rumours that Steven Davis might be going um, do you know what I mean so I'm not that's the only rumour I really know about but like I said I, I would be worried if someone left and he do you know what I mean I'd, obviously I'm not sure if we're adding or but then some 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 people said he played as a winger as well so like he's done the wings obviously and I know that's the thing we've been really looking for obviously we've been linked with Pro, Promes again Shakiri. Yeah. do you know what I mean them sort of players so yeah. I think I said, I, w- I wish I knew more about him. Cause I'd like to normally when we link with players, I'm like, Oh, I know him. Love, but I really don't. so I'm not going to pretend I know who he is now. sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't think we normally go looking into Mexico for, for players, you know? So, um, the, the good thing about where I, this is like, you know, the one time where I, I wake up to some news that we're linked with somebody and it's like, Oh, I have friends who watch that, that club week in, week out. And so I, I texted uh, my friend, what well, a couple of my friends, and, and just asked some questions, and they were like, "Yeah, like he was arguably arguably the best player on America all all year. Uh, he led them in, in goals, even though he's playing central midfield." And um, you know, I asked them about uh, formations and things like that, and they said oftentimes it's a four four two or a four four one one, and he plays in central midfield, but the kind of is is the slightly more attacking of the of the two central midfielders. So he gets forward, uh and and does that stuff so i mean that that to me like you said it, it, it triggers in my mind that the potential of, of lamina leaving um you know would that be an upgrade maybe on, on that i don't know because he hasn't really played outside of he hasn't played in europe he hasn't he really been maybe tested as much uh the Liga mx the the mexican league is is uh it's not it, it's a competitive league it, it's a fast-paced league it's it's similar to kind of mls and it's kind of a uh, in the pace and stuff that is there, but uh, it's nothing like like the Premier League. So, uh, and and they did say that uh, the people I talked to um, said that he did take some time to settle in, but once he did, he was just golden. I, I think coming off of a season like that and then going into the World Cup, if he plays well for Colombia, uh, he could potentially be kind of out of our reach. Uh, there were there was talk that that Real Madrid had been scouting him for a couple of seasons. So, you know, if we're looking in the same realm as as Real Madrid, then then. You know, maybe that I mean, that's great. It probably means he's a good player, but there's also the potential that we're just, you know, um that maybe we're a six and we're going for a 10. Maybe that doesn't always work.
3: <laughs> no, exactly. But obviously, I've just been um having a scale through Twitter while you were talking this then, And obviously, I've, there's been rumors about McCarthy, obviously, as well. Um He's been linked with, I mean, everyone will be like, oh, surprise, Liverpool. Um but luckily, I saw that was um dismissed apparently that because obviously you obviously you alluded to him earlier, obviously Stuart Taylor and another reserve goalkeeper jack jack Ro- yeah Jack rose has both been offered a contract um I'd like to think that. McCarthy wouldn't be far away from a contract because that's one player I would not want to lose this summer. I mean, I'd say he kept us in the league. I mean, some of his saves he made against Bournemouth, uh, the one against Swansea. He's one person that I'd love to see uh, given a new contract because I I think we keep him next season. Like I said, I'd I'd give him what Not what he wants, obviously. I wouldn't chuck too much money at him, but I'd like to definitely see him given a new contract. That's one rumor I'd like
0: to be a a real thing. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll have to, you know, hopefully they they do that. And it sounds like it would be for a decent, a decent raise if if it does happen. And of course he just got uh, engaged. So he's got to pay for the ring and the wedding. So uh, maybe we can help him out a little bit. And uh, after all, he did keep us in the premier league, uh, you know, with a couple of those saves. So uh, it'd be be good, but uh, all right, Jay, well, thanks for so much for for coming on the show and stopping by and talking about your shoot a little bit and uh, everything else. And, uh according to the poll we put the poll up on twitter uh of course it'll be done by the time the show comes out but um doesn't look like people think yashida is going to have the best of times he's uh, currently at four percent so he's not he's not winning uh probably the probably this poll or the uh the actual <laughs> uh group so uh we'll see
3: yeah unfortunately because cedric's got the teammates that he's got i'd always say that uh portugal would win that quite convincingly
0: yeah i think i think so and and We'll we'll have to wait and see, and that, and that's the uh, at this point uh, I've said it a bunch of times, but without you know my family is from is from Norway and Italy I was born in America N- none of those teams are in the tournament so I'm only watching kind of Saints players and a uh, bit you know I I have I have really no nothing to pull for of course I'll pull for England as as the tournament goes on but uh, you know I, I'm basically at this point watching uh, watching our players and hopefully they uh, they play well
3: yeah no I agree with that yeah all
0: right man we'll uh, we'll talk to you later.
3: Yeah,
0: we'll do. And a special thanks to Jamie for taking the time to stop by to talk about Yoshida and the rest of the Japanese squad. Uh, You can follow the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Be sure to do that. All kinds of news and things coming out of there. Uh, And we are partners in terms of uh, that page and this podcast. Um, We help to share kind of each other's message and he helps to spread the word. About the podcast. So be sure to head over there. Uh, links are in the show notes. Makes it nice and easy. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you to Jamie again for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, but from there, from Japan and Yoshida, we're going to shift over to Portugal, the reigning Euro champions, um, and Cedric playing it right back. And, and we said it in there, you know, we sent all of these defenders over, uh, only one attacking player, and we'll get to him after this. So uh, here, George Rebic stopped by to talk about uh, Cedric and Portugal. And George helps run uh, the Saint Center, uh, which Harry will talk about uh, towards the end of the show. So, so here is my conversation with George, who was on Twitter as at the Polish Maldini about Cedric and the rest of the Portuguese squad. And joining us now to talk about Cedric and the Portuguese squad is George Rebek. You can find him on Twitter at Polish Maldini. He is part of the Saint Center. Uh, George, thank you for joining us. Uh, welcome to the show and, uh, thanks.
1: Hello. Um, thank you. It's an honor to be on the show to be fair. Um, I listen to it quite regularly and yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's there. Now it's you and my mom who are on here all the time. So that's good. Um, <laughs> in terms of listening, if she's ever on the show, just let me know. That'll be it. So, uh, we'll, we'll be done with the show after that. Um, <laughs> so just to, to kind of some kind of get things started uh we talked we talked about Benrak uh we have other people kind of covering uh Yoshida and and also Tadic and we're looking at Cedric here obviously the Portuguese squad coming into it off of the back of uh Euro 2016 that that victory um I think that spelled the end for kind of Jose Font at us. I think he, he kind of blew up and thought he was, he was, you know, all, all this, this great, the great thing. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think that was a shock to most of Europe when when that happened and, and coming into that, maybe the expectations are a little raised. But um, what's your kind of, uh, just kind of thoughts on, on Portugal as a squad and kind of what to expect from them?
1: I think they'll be quite a strong team. They'll definitely get out of the group in my opinion because I see Iran and Morocco as being threats, but I don't think they'll It off but they rely heavily on Ronaldo don't they which might be a problem for
0: them they do uh they that that is their biggest threat and there there's always the I guess when you have a player that's that good I guess to there is the the tendency to kind of rely on him to get you out of trouble um that's part of the reason I was actually kind of surprised they were able to do the the Euro 2016 like like they did given that they won it without him on the pitch but um you know, I, I think I have read that Morocco could be a, a a threat. And then of course they're in that group with Spain who you would expect to kind of, to, 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 I guess, to lead the group, to win the group. I think that's, that's kind of how, uh, I think most people are kind of seeing it shape up. Um, and then I, I think some people said Morocco could be the, the surprise team in there and if they, they could kind of, uh, do some things, but of course, uh, we don't have anybody playing in that squad and we won't really talk about that. Uh, I guess, because we all know who could possibly have made <laughs> that squad, but didn't, uh, who couldn't even, uh, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe he got in an argument with that guy too.
1: Yeah. funny enough, I do have that person who shall rename, remain nameless. There we go. On at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> he was one of my favorite players, but the way he treated Hughes is a bit off. So I don't really like him anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it, somebody like somebody that talented, somebody that has so much promise. Somebody, somebody, I hate that you know. We I play with a guy like that uh, on the weekends. Obviously, he's not as good as as, as he is, but but he just all these step overs, all these tricks, and and finally, like sometimes when he gets the ball, his teammates just kind of stop moving and just say like you know do another step over, and then like watch somebody two foot you, and that's basically what happens every single time because he just doesn't pass the ball uh, and he never gets a shot off because he just wants to do step overs all day. So um, that's great for the for the street, I guess, and he can go out and nutmeg people and like you know, in the middle of London and that'll be fine. But, uh, other than that, get away. Um, <laughs> but, uh, talking about Cedric, um, you know, what, obviously he, he starts for the team and, and it, I thought it was a really a good acquisition when we got him, uh, you know, a season before last to kind of look at. Uh, coming in a Portuguese kind of international, but uh, what would you what are you what are you expecting from him in terms of kind of maybe personal achievement? Do you expect him to start for the for the Portuguese squad and kind of uh, what do you see for him in, in this World Cup?
1: Uh, I definitely see him starting after he's had such a strong Confederations Cup and the Euros, and he started both of the recent friendlies against Algeria and Belgium. So I can see the manager starting him despite there's Semedo, Pereira who's now moved to Leicester. And even Diego Dalot, who's moved to Manchester United recently, who could all put him under pressure for the right back spot. But I think he'll keep and retain his spot there. Fernando Santos has really shown faith in him, so I expect that to continue and him to have a strong World Cup success.
0: Okay, uh, you know, like we said, they're going to be kind of under some some pressure from Spain. Uh, you'd expect them to be kind of pinned back, and hopefully, he would. Ha- I think the game plan would be the, to to kind of counter there. Um, and I think Portugal will kind of attempt to kind of control the game, especially against Iran. Uh, Cedric will have to be, um, you know, relied upon to, to maybe help create something. Um, I guess just putting crosses into, to Ronaldo, I guess is, is fine. He, he can still jump. He can still have the ball. He can do all that stuff, but um, you'd expect them to, to have to kind of break down Iran and then, and then not get caught on the counter by Morocco, I think is, is the big thing. And, so I think that will maybe be his toughest task will be to to get forward and help out and then make sure he's 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 getting back. But given our last two managers our last, I guess, the two managers before, uh, you know, I think he's had plenty of practice uh, retreating quickly <laughs> and uh, <laughs> getting behind the ball. So uh, he should be he should be OK there. Um, and as you said, he, he's he been heavily involved in the squad uh, for for a number of years now and um, you know, looks to be kind of set to to have a good a good World Cup. But what would what would make a good World Cup for 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 him? And maybe that, that, and I think that kind of rolls into what what's good for Portugal because I think if Portugal has a good run, then then it's probably good for him. But um, you know, what 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 do you think would be uh, the expectation for him coming coming back? What do you expect him to kind of bring back uh, from Russia?
1: I think he could probably get to the semifinals if they get the right draw. If they get lucky. But I think quarterfinals is what they'll actually achieve. Portugal at the World Cup. Um,
0: I mean, in terms of of uh, of what you want him to come back with, I mean, do you? Do you I don't really expect him to score goals. Obviously, he's a, he's a right back. Uh, you know, maybe an assist or two, if if we're lucky. I think and uh, come back healthy and come back just kind of. He seemed to come back from that 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 Euro twenty sixteen kind of uh, uh, victory with with some fire, with some flair, as as opposed to Jose Font, who seemed to come back just kind of, you know, thinking he was going to go elsewhere. So yeah. uh, I'd like to see him come back with something like that. Um But do you think he has anything to prove based on the season that he had for us? Do you think he's got to go there and really show us that he he still is that, you know, a player with, with quality?
1: I think he will because playing for your country is slightly different from club because he might care more, which sounds bad, but I think a lot of other countries apart from England care more about their country than their club. So I can see him go and having a quite good world cup and hopefully he'll come back here and translate that in pre-season and the start of the season.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I know we're mostly focusing on, on the world cup here, but there have been plenty of rumors kind of going around the past kind of week. When, and I, I, always say this but it's my least favorite time of the, of the season because there's no matches to talk about it's all just everybody's trying to make up a rumor and put out a ton, a ton of articles that say nothing but like um any rumor that's maybe caught your eye whether it's the the leaked kit or uh you know one of the players
1: uh for me it has to be the your eBay bid for 25 million euros i think it was which uh-huh. is a very very big sum of money for a twenty seven year old Colombian who's playing in the Mexican league. I haven't seen him, so I can't really judge to say whether that would be a good purchase or not. But that is quite a big first bid for a player of that kind of stature.
0: Yeah, I mean in in some ways it's you know, he's not completely off the radar because uh there was there was somebody saying that he was, you know, linked to Real Madrid in, in previous windows, so he's definitely, you know, been noticed um, I have some friends who support, uh, America, uh, where uh, it's, it's a fairly big team here where I live. Um, and you got a lot of guys that saying he's, he was the best player this season. Uh, he led them in goals from central midfield. Um, and, but, it, but to me, you know, there's always, if we're bringing in a central midfielder, it's maybe not the place we should be focusing our, our attention. You know, we need a winger. We, we, we need defensive replacements. Uh, we could probably use another striker. Um, you know, if we're gonna move some people around, so, um, but if he's coming in, maybe that that means Lamina's gone, maybe or or something like that. But I, but I don't know. It's all it's all speculation at this point. So, um, I don't know. And he's 27, so this is probably his biggest contract. It's time to sign that big one. So if this is it, uh, then maybe that's the ceiling for him in terms of you know he's probably not gonna get another move at 29 to a club like Real Madrid or something like that.
1: Yeah, so it could be a good purchase for him because we'll get him in his prime. And also, um, he won't really be looking to move on, I wouldn't imagine, unless he gets a Pelé-esque deal to go and earn millions in China.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess it'll, probably a lot of that boils down to how he fares at the World Cup. And he'll be he'll be in a, in, in a group with Yoshida and, and Bednarak, so we'll get to see him a little bit. And that'll be interesting. And give me one more reason to watch Colombia, because otherwise I have, you know, uh, I'm basically just trying to watch our players, because none, none, none of my affiliations are are there. So, uh, thank you America for, uh, you know, failing again. So, uh, that dreaded trip to Trinidad and Tobago, but, um, anyway, um, well, thanks George for, for doing this and stopping by and, uh, it's a nice way to, uh, spend a few minutes. Sorry. I kept you waiting for, for so long.
1: No, it's fine. Thank All you right. for having me on.
0: No problem, man. I'll talk to you later.
1: Yeah. Bye.
0: All right, and that wraps up our talk about the back line uh, or, or the trio of Saints defenders that are there. But we do have one more player to talk about. Before we do that, just a reminder to go ahead and follow George uh, on Twitter, at Polish Maldini. He helps run the Saints center uh, with Harry, who you will hear from next. Uh, When we talk about Dusan Tadic, who is the only player, like I said, uh, to to make a World Cup roster, uh, to go to the World Cup, that is not a defender. And um, whether that speaks more about our our style of play over the past couple of seasons, whether it speaks to the quality in our squad uh, or or whatever it means, uh, it is what it is. And so uh, to talk about Dusan Tadic. Uh, about what to expect from uh, the the team in Serbia. Uh, they're in a difficult group, but we'll talk about all of that with Harry Holder, um, who's on Twitter, at Nadal and he also helps run the Saints Center. We'll talk about that as well. So here's my conversation with Harry, uh, and we'll talk to you after that. And now we are joined by Harry Holder. He's on Twitter at Nadal Esk and he helps run the St. Center along with George, who you heard from earlier. And we're here to talk about Dusan Tadic uh, and the Serbian squad. Uh, Harry, welcome to the, welcome back to the show, I should say. And uh, thanks for joining me.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. Serbia should be quite, quite an interesting one, really. I think they've, they've actually got quite a good team.
0: They do. They have a lot of noticeable names. Uh, some of them older a- across that back line, but uh you know some 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 names you would definitely uh want to want to play with if you were uh playing FIFA from a few years ago. Um but before we jump on to that, uh, would you mind kind of uh, just filling us in George uh talking to George off the record he 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 nominated you to talk about the Saint Center just a little bit. Um and, and it's a newer account that you are helping run uh you and George and, and another guy. So, uh can you can you give me some info on that and what people can expect to see if they uh if, if they visit the the Saint Center?
2: Yeah, so Saints Centre on Twitter, it's a um, it's sort of like a um, news page to do with Saints run by me, George and another guy called Jack and we started it up a few weeks ago, we wanted to sort of start it at the time where where the season's just finished and then everyone's looking forward to the next season and then we thought, oh now would be a good time to it before we get to the World Cup so we can get you a bit more coverage of what our players are doing at the World Cup and stuff you can sort of expect to see is um, mini match reviews, pictures, opinions, just uh, transfer news over the transfer window. If if we have any transfer news, cause it's been quite quite quiet so far. But yeah, just all sorts of things that will keep you up to date with what's going on in every round scene.
0: Yeah, all right, that sounds sounds good, man. Like it's a, uh, I don't know, it's this is a weird time of year. I say it all the time and probably too much. Nobody wants to hear it anymore, but like the rumors that go around, um, it's hard to, it's hard to determine what's just complete, completely made up and what is, uh, you know, an actual possibility in terms of, of transfer rumors and, and all that stuff. But, uh, always appreciate a site that can kind of narrow it down and be able to give you a source for, for what they say instead of just, um, you know, quoting the sun, uh, which is nice. So, um, all right. And, and the links for the St. Center are in the show notes uh and yeah i i i've been following along i i've enjoyed what you guys have done so far so i'm looking forward to watching that and and watching it grow a little bit and uh yeah so i guess on to serbia on to the group um they uh we'll start with the group and and they're in a group with the brazil switzerland costa rica and serbia i was unaware that that switzerland was actually ranked 6th in the world right now in terms of uh, international yeah. competition and of course we've been linked with Shakiri a little bit um but uh that is a difficult group Costa Rica of course last time they were in the World Cup uh shocked some people uh, I believe they were in a group with England and uh managed to win I think and uh win the group and and move on. So um but let's talk uh, Tadich is the only attacking player we're taking um what I guess what do you expect from from them within that group? Do you expect them to get out of there or or what do you think is going to be a, kind of a a reasonable expectation for them?
2: Um as you said, I think it's a tough group. I, I think it's perfectly reasonable for them to think that they can have an opportunity of getting out of the group. Let's say, okay, obviously Brazil they're almost certain to finish first, but that that second place for me is really going to be between Switzerland and Serbia, and uh, they're playing Switzerland in their second game, and Brazil last, Costa Rica first, and that. Uh, if if that Switzerland game finishes in a draw, then it all depends on what what Switzerland do with Brazil and then Costa Rica in their last game. But I think that's 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 the biggest game. It won't be the toughest for Serbia because they've got to play Brazil, but it'll be the biggest, and I think that's the, that's going to be the one that's going to decide whether they go home or they get out of the group. But I think yeah, with some of the players that they've got, I think it's it's fairly even between. Switzerland and Serbia, for who's, who's going to finish runner up to Brazil, in my opinion.
0: And is that just because you think maybe just Costa Rica coming out of of this region over here near me and the Concacaf uh, Federation that they they are just not going to be as strong as maybe some of the teams that have to face stiffer competition to get in, such as such as Serbia and Switzerland.
2: Yeah, um, and l- looking at the squads as well, I don't think Costa Rica have the have the real sort of level of player that other things, obviously apart from Navas a goalkeeper for Real Madrid. But apart from that, you know their most notable players are Brian Ruiz and Joel Campbell, who aren't really on the sort of level when you look at Switzerland's star players. Obviously, Shaqiri is a Premier League proven player who's done well, and then Serbia, of course, they've they've got players like Pavic, who again is proven in the Premier League. They've got other players, Matich as well, superstar from Man United, and then they've got couple of older players as well with lots of experience playing at top level clubs. So I I just see Costa Rica's sort of yeah, they did well last World Cup and they surprised everyone they were the real sort of minnows the hero of the team. But I I don't really see a repeat of that this time because because their group is so far.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely and and I think when you surprise as many people as you did last time at the world cup, then when you come in this time and you have, you automatically have a, a much tougher time because people are expecting, uh, or at least aware of you, you know, they're not going to let that happen to them, uh, again. So, um, yeah, as you, as you say, it's going to, it's going to be difficult. And that Brazil team is just so laden with talent that, uh, and from all over the world that you, you're going to, you you think they're going to be fine. Um, and I think some of the advantage of Costa Rica is, is having in, during qualifying is having to go down there and play. And, uh, they obviously they don't have that luxury now. They're going to be, you know, playing in Russia. The weather's going to be different. Uh, the community going to be much different. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess the one concern with Serbia is, is, is that I have heard is that people have said it, it looks better on paper. You know, you look at those names and you you re- we, I, I recognize a lot of names and uh, you know I I kind of like Kolarov. I like Ivanovic. I like watching those guys play. I think they are. They are good. I, I love watching Tadic play for Serbia. Um, that there is some worry that they're, you know, maybe better on paper. And there are some, I guess, some cracks behind the scenes with uh um, the the captaincy being switched from I think it's taken away from Ivanovic and given to Kalarov possibly uh just recently. So we'll have to to wait and see. But um, you know, Tadic has come under a lot of scrutiny from Saints fans throughout the season and in last season as well. Uh kind of, you know, he, he was, was so fantastic under Kuman. Uh, kind of fell away for a bit, but um, what are you expecting from him like what role does he play in the Serbian squad uh in terms of of their attack
2: um so I've drafted this sort of starting eleven I think Serbia will go with if they were to build their strongest side and i've put I put Talic out, so they're going to be playing forty three one and I've put Talich out on the right uh, alongside Laic in attacking mid and then Kostic on the left behind Mitrovic. I think he, he's going to have a very similar role to the role he plays at Saints with having that one strike of two defensive midfielders, playing out wide and also having the ability to maybe come inside play a little bit from the middle as well and feeding that one strike and building a partnership with Mitrovic. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be very similar in the way that Tadic plays for Serbia and Tadic plays for Saints but uh, yeah so I'd probably expect to see the same sort of stuff. maybe maybe a goal probably a couple of assists he always seems to get them
0: yeah and he always seems to, to have a bit more freedom playing for Serbia than he does at Saints at least in the la- under you know the previous two managers where it was definitely kind of defense first and I remember we watched a couple of years ago and he was out playing and all these, scoring all these goals and qualification and stuff like that you know breaking his nose and keeping going and then you know, he comes back to Saints and, and kind of just falls flat. But I think that has more to do with, uh, you know, maybe the style of play and the mentality that was around surrounding the club rather than the the quality that he has. Um, because I think if you can consistently score at the international level, um, I think that means that you can, you know, you are that you are good enough to be able to, to score at a club level, uh, no matter where you're playing. So um, yeah, I think in, in terms of, you know, he had a bit of a tough season. Um, you know, it wasn't, Horrendous, but overall the club kind of struggled. But uh, do you think he has anything to prove? I've asked this question of kind of the other players, you know, after the tough season that we had at saints, do you think he has anything to prove whether it's to Hughes uh, as the manager or to other clubs out there that may possibly be looking for him? Do you think uh, he's got to go out there and and kind of reestablish himself? Or do you think he is kind of confident enough in his role at saints that he, no matter what happens, he's going to come back and, and be in the mix for, for us?
2: Um, well, with it being the World Cup, it's, it's all, I've always been on the opinion that every single player is going to prove something to prove they can do it on the biggest stage with the whole world watching. But I don't feel Talich as an individual has so much to prove as the Serbia team as a whole have something to prove with, seeing how far they can go. Can they get out of the group? Out, like, can they... They're probably going to play Germany in the round of 16. Can they put up a fight against them? Can they even even go and beat them, go through to the quarterfinals, but yeah, I think Tadic with the way that Hughes came in at the end of the season, sort of rejuvenated reignited his Saints career, he got playing definitely more central, getting more involved, sort of saying okay, Tadic, you are going to be the focal point of our attack, so I think now that we've got Hughes as our manager under a proper contract for next season, I think He's going to be fairly confident that his place in the Saints team is safe.
0: All right, um, and kind of looking overall at at the at the World Cup, and, and as you mentioned, they could possibly play Germany in the round of sixteen. If they were to get to the round of sixteen and put up a fight against Germany, even if they even if they lose, maybe they lose one nothing, maybe they lose two one, uh, maybe it's on penalties. But like, if they get there, is that is that success for Serbia? You think, or do you think they need to go deeper than that, to, despite who they draw?
2: Um. I, I think it's, it's sort of hard to see it from a point of view, but definitely from someone who's got a Serbian nationality, I, just, I could say, yeah, I think if Serbia gets around the sixteenth and put up a fight against Germany, maybe lose narrowly, like you said, on penalties or by one goal or something. And I, I, think, I think they can be proud with what they've done. They've gone as far as they can. They've cut up a fight against... Much stronger national teams prove they can compete on the world stage, even if they didn't maybe get as far as other teams. but I think round round the sixteen would be good as we said it's it is a hard group, and they are going to have to play some tough teams
0: all right um two more questions uh We put up a poll on, on Twitter it's, all, it's finished at this point. Um, and I think I I sent you the link to it, so I think you you saw it at least initially. But um, we asked kind of which Southampton player do you think would have the best World Cup? And I didn't specify whether I whether I said it was individual or or you know team. Um, but Cedric came in as having uh, you know won that thing with forty two percent of the vote. And I'm assuming people are are, are saying that's going to be like kind of a like Portugal's the best squad. Maybe they're going to go the deepest in the tournament. Um, but but who do you think uh, of the players we're taking Bednarac, Cedric, Tadich, and Yoshida? Who do you think is going to have the best kind of
2: individual World Cup? I, I, I would I would actually go to Tadic. I think his importance in the team is definitely greater than Cedric and Bednarac, who, who have been swapped out and aren't certain to start. and be a focal point on the team. Yoshida, he's he's one of the main centre backs. He's capped in their side occasionally. So I think he's important as well. But just looking at the players that Tadej is going to be playing with, I think he's he's probably going to have, in my opinion, the best World Cup out of them. I think I can see him being the most influential for Serbia going forward, getting goals and assists. I think I, I actually I can see him having a really good World Cup. He's going to be full of confidence. He got an assist against Bolivia the their last warm-up game. I think he's he's going to be full of confidence, Philippines, and I I can see him having a really strong World Cup. All
0: right, all right, and uh, yeah, I think that'll that'll do it. Um, anything else you'd like to mention about about uh, the team or the the squad or any of the rumors that we've had before we before we wrap it
2: up? Um, one thing I would say about the Serbia squad is watch out for um Milinkovic Savic. You know, he's had an unbelievable season at Lazio. He's only twenty three, wanted by United and Madrid, so I think keep an eye on him because it will be really interesting to see how he does it as well.
0: All right. All right. Well, Harry, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, Once again, the links for the St. Center are in the show notes. People can go ahead and follow there. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Matt. That does it for episode 74 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. I also hope that you feel slightly more prepared for the World Cup and that your expectations are at an acceptable level because I would hate for us to get too excited and expect one particular team to go off and win it, even though we do that almost every year. Special thanks to my guests this week, though. Thank you to Jamie, Harry, and George of the Southampton page and the St. Center Uh, show wouldn't be possible without people like you coming on the show to talk about things, even if it's not the most exciting in the entire world. Also, special thanks to Matt at the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for doing the logo for the show. If you haven't checked out the page, be sure to do so. There's match day edits, polls, competitions, and much, much more. Uh, it's just a fantastic page overall. Music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the song you're listening to now is Aim Is True by Pottington Bear. If you're enjoying it, uh, the links to those are in the show notes. You can check them out as well. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to this show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to leave a rating and a review. It really helps spread the show to other people. If you're not comfortable doing that, simply download the episode on somebody else's phone. Make them listen. They will enjoy it or they won't, but either way, it helps me out. my dog barking in the background and I dislike him, but I like you. We're at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And we're at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. The World Cup is coming. I can't wait. I hope you have a good day. And until next time, remember that together we march on.